0: hi and welcome to this episode of i've got this kid i'm your host sharina williams licensed speech and language pathologist homeschooling mom of two wife of one here to share everything speech language play development and all of that other stuff that falls in between world changers i am so glad to be back with y'all another week we have been shaking and moving and talking about all kinds of cool stuff last week we talked about what's a developmental delay How do I handle developmental delays? Are developmental disabilities the same? Is it appropriate to experience increased stress? And after doing that episode, I was 100% sure that I was going to devote the next two episodes, not one, but two episodes talking about parent stress. Now, I got to give my little caveat, my little disclaimer. I am not a clinical psychologist. I say Every single episode at Start That, I am a licensed speech and language pathologist. So, can I diagnose anything clinically? Absolutely not. But, 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 in the world of speech, sometimes with my fellow sister field of psychology, some of our stuff tap dances on one another. And what I mean by that is that simply some stuff that's covered in speech kind of treads lightly on psychology. mainly social skills and pragmatics. Why? Because speech and language pathologists are the masters of language and communication and social skills. And so again, they kind of tap dance on each other, but the lines don't necessarily get that blurred because we do not diagnose things that are associated like psychologically. We don't touch that. We stay in our lanes, they stay in their lanes, but we are familiar enough with one another's field to speak to them. I'm going to talk about stress from the lens of a speech and language pathologist. Why? Because that's what I do. I talk about those taboo subjects. I bring them to you guys because you know what? We really need to be dissecting this stuff because we always hear about the worst that could happen as a result of parent stress. The worst that can happen if my little sugar had a developmental disability, the worst that happens for the little sugar who has a diagnosis of autism, the worst that happens. Like we always hear about the worst, but it doesn't have to be the worst for it to be a thing. And it doesn't have to be magnified to the point to where it's sensationalized. And so that's how I feel about parent stress. It's one of those things that happens to everyone at every point of parenting. If you have not had any level of stress during parenting, my gosh, you must have your earphones on, your eyes must be covered up. And not to say that like you're somewhere at the top of a flagpole, <laughs> like <laughs> like a cat, like reaching up there, <laughs> like you're just hiding away, hugging a pole. But I am saying that we all have some level of stress as it relates to parenting. And we're going to dive into that. Before we dive into that, let's just clear up one thing. Is stress normal? Well, yeah, that's the short answer. Of course, stress is normal. Why? Because, well, Webster said that it's a state of mental tension and worry caused by problems in your life work etc and it's something that causes strong feelings of worry and anxiety well welcome to life right (laughs) if you they always say you're the elders they say keep on living kid and when they tell you keep on living that means that like life experience is going to happen and when it does when it hits you, you better be ready for it. And if you're not ready for it, guess what? You've got a good lesson that you learned out of it. And you may have been a little bit stressed out during that time. So it is totally normal to have some level of increased stress or increased worry as long as it's manageable and it's not something that, again, is sending you to the top of that flagpole hanging on for dear life because you just don't want to deal anymore, right? So parent stress, how does that differ? Well, parent stress... It's the experience of distress or discomfort that results from demands of being a parent, being a mama, being a daddy, being a world changer, being a caregiver. Stepping in and taking on parental responsibilities causes stress. Factors associated with that, you can get depression, anxiety, there can be marital discord, and other environmental factors. Why? Because we develop these norms. And anytime our norms are interrupted, and they're interrupted for longer than a day, and it requires massive adjustments, then guess what? You're going to have some level of stress. And so my point is, parenting is going to bring increased stress, again, in general. It might be because of adjustments of being a parent. It might be a personality fit. Like, do me and sugar really mesh? Like, are we both always giving each other the side eye? Are we just kind of looking at each other? or am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing by sugar? Am I equipping them for everything that they need? Am I gone too much? Am I this? Like there's so many different factors that can contribute to increased general parenting stress. And it's not normal for this stress to consume you to the point that you can't get through the day. Again, think flagpole. I'm really on that flagpole today, y'all. I don't know. It's been an interesting day. So me, I have like this picture in my mind of like this person, like at the top of a flagpole and like the, the flag is waving and they're like hanging on for dear life because they're just, they're over it. They've had it and they're going to the most unreachable spot that they could find. And so again, I'm not a psychologist and I can't tell you when to seek help, but I can say that you might want to talk to somebody if your quality of life is being impacted if you're waking up and your self-care isn't the same if you're waking up and you don't want to do the stuff that you used to do or just changes that are drastic like and lasting for long periods of time i can't define long periods of time again that's when i say seek professional support and i'm all for it so common stressors i talked about a few like the side eye you and sugar be giving each other when you guys aren't meshing well together i had that kind of day with my son i officially am not talking to him like you know he had the nerve to send me a paper airplane with like a note in it and it was not a very nice note and then he follows up after i send him a note back because i felt like being a little bit silly with him and he says to me oh i was just kidding i wasn't amused so what are some common stressors Sugar is not meeting their milestones. Maybe they're not walking when they're supposed to. Maybe they're not crawling when they're supposed to. Maybe they're not doing babbling. Maybe they're not communicating with you. Maybe they're not following directions. Maybe they're a little bit older and teacher keeps calling and saying, hey, sugar is a problem in the classroom. And maybe teacher doesn't know how to necessarily work with sugar. Maybe they're showing different behaviors at school than what they do at home. Maybe it's a bunch of different maybes that are happening that's not falling within what's expected within that age range, right? Another common stressor, not connecting with sugar. And this will give you some for real mama and daddy guilt. And I'm not talking about like my little silliness of throwing paper airplane notes at each other because... Me and my son will be good later, but we're just not good today, but later we'll be okay. (laughs) But not connecting with them. And again, for long periods of time, just not meshing well with them. Maybe a little bit of avoidance on both your sides because you guys just don't know how to either communicate with each other, interact with each other engage with one another. Maybe there's rejection on one of you guys' parts. There's so many reasons that can go into that, but that can definitely make you as the parent feel like, hey, I'm doing something wrong here. And it's not just because Sugar's having a weird day. It's because we really aren't clicking. And It's even worse if there's other little sugars around and you're like, well, I don't have this problem with the other one. So why am I having this problem with you? Maybe they're a daddy's girl. Maybe they're a mama's boy. Maybe they're a grandparent's kid. I don't know. Maybe they're a neighbor's kid and they like the neighbors better. I don't know. But these kinds of things happen and it could definitely cause stress, frustration with behaviors. I tap dance on this a little bit. I tap dance on behavior a lot because behavior can make or break a relationship. And not just with the adults, With sugars, being frustrated with their behavior all the time, especially if it's one of those, I'm getting calls every day from the school about this same stuff, or I'm getting frustrated because I keep asking you not to do something, or I'm getting frustrated because when I try to talk to you, you fall out on me. There's so many reasons that come along with that. I'm frustrated because it takes me 30 minutes to get you in the car. I'm frustrated because when your little brother or sister are asleep, you decide it's a good time to get my pots and pans and play a drum solo real quick. That can be stressful. It could be frustrating. Those kind of behaviors, especially if they're happening persistently, can impact the relationship. Frustration with communication. Oh, my goodness. We're going to go deeper into this next week. So I'm just going to say frustrated with the ability to send and receive messages and i'm leaving it at that because i'm diving deeper next week y'all i'm coming for y'all next week unsure about your sugar's future this one is a heavy one this one is a heavy one for me as a clinician because we don't have some kind of special power that dictates the outcome we can make projections But we don't have like, this is what life is going to look like for sugar. I know how to tool you up. I really do. I can tool you up. I can get you on the right track, but I can't tell you what tomorrow's gonna look like. I certainly can't tell you what 10 years down the line is gonna look like. And honestly, as a clinician, that's a stressor for me. And listening to world changers in past, I know it's a stressor for them. But I've also learned that if I... Trust in the things that I'm doing today, and I plan for tomorrow as much as I can, that everything will kind of work itself out. And what I mean by planning for tomorrow, making those decisions like if we know early on that it's projected that sugar will always need someone around, do I have a living will and trust in place? Where are they going to live if something happens to me? If I leave this earth before they do, who's going to take care of them? Are they going to be able to take care of themselves? Who's going to handle the money to make sure? How is that going to be allocated? So that's what I mean by taking care of tomorrow's future, but also taking care of, am I hands on today so I can be making so much progress that I'm minimizing these gaps as much as I can? And I'm doing everything that I can and my team is doing everything that they can to really help decrease this load to where I can feel a little bit more comfortable and I can sleep a little bit better at night and not be so stressed out you know as other parents out there that's one thing that in most cases for typically developing children we don't have to worry about that and I'm not talking about the 30 year old that mom and dad kind of you know keep letting come back home and he's sleeping on the couch but like he's totally capable of doing something for himself not that case but I'm talking about real life like hey My sugar is really going to need someone versus my very capable adult is making the decision and I'm allowing them to do nothing. So that's my laugh of the day. You see, I'm tickled by that. It's a real thing, (laughs) y'all. Outsider's perception. Outsider's perception can cause so much stress. I did an episode maybe last year called The Cheap Seats. And the reason that I did that episode is because I think that people underestimate the value of their opinion, the value of the words that come out of their mouth, and how passive words that are not necessarily thought through can have an impact on the people that we love the most, the people that we have influence over, our outside community. We have to be careful about our own personal opinions, especially when we have a lack of knowledge. And within the field of developmental disabilities, if I got paid a nickel for every time some outsider had an opinion that just wasn't valid or true about somebody else's little sugar, and it is stressful because it makes a world changer not want to go out in the community because either they're feeling judged or they're feeling talked about or they're feeling shame or they're feeling laughed at, or they're feeling whatever comes along with it, or the world changer who has the peers around, maybe the peers' kids aren't necessarily treating the sugar right, and the world changer has to worry about that. That's a lot to have to worry about just going outside on a play date. Not to mention life itself. Are these people going to treat my sugar right? If I drop my sugar off at school, is the staff going to treat my sugar right? Are the teachers going to treat my sugar right? Are they going to get the modified education or appropriate education based on what their needs are, right? And so these perceptions, our own personal perceptions, our own personal bias, it influences the way that we treat others around us. And so if we hear the word autism and all of a sudden we think that it's the worst case that we've ever seen on a YouTube video... Then every person that we come across with autism, we're gonna to expect to have these behaviors, or we're gonna be so intimidated by a label that we don't even get to know the person. And so that is a common stressor that I've heard from world changers. Another common, big stressor it's one thing to go outside in the community and the world around you isn't that forgiving, isn't that kind, isn't that understanding. But when it's happening between parenting partners, that's when it gets real. When ideals don't mesh, when perception doesn't mesh, when values don't mesh, when attitudes don't mesh, when one world changer is carrying most of the load of dealing with appointments, dealing with team meetings, dealing with drops off and pickups for a child who has services, multiple services, that gets difficult. It gets really, really difficult, especially if one world changer thinks that that's the responsibility of one and not both, and that only one of the world changers are supposed to be carrying out goals, and only one is supposed to be advocating, and because, you know, one of us is good at that, then, you know, the buck kind of gets passed, and so that can cause increased stress because it's always important, typically developing, atypically developing developmental disability, not a developmental disability that you and your parenting partner are a safe space for each other to communicate your thoughts, your ideas, the most intimate things that you're feeling, whatever it is, they need that safe space. And if they're not allowed that safe space, then they're either going to go out to others for that safe space, or they're going to implode. And that's not fun. We don't want that for the people who we love the most. And that we're supposed to love the most and the people that we're supposed to protect and, and just, they're going to be there forever by our side. That's our parenting partner. That's our life partner. And so we want to make sure that as best as possible, we're getting on the same page or at least agreeing to disagree just so you can keep the peace in the home. I could go on and on about that one. I ain't though y'all. I ain't. Collaboration with the child's team. If I say red, you say blue. If I say white and you say black, we're never going to get along. We're just never going to see eye to eye. If collaboration always ends up being some kind of contentious, you need to do what I say, you need to do what I say. And it's like a battle. Every time it's an IFSP meeting, every time it's an IEP meeting, every time you're meeting with the child's teacher, every time you're meeting with the doctor, every time you're meeting with the therapist, if it is always World War I, that is stressful because then you're not getting the tools that you need because you're not trusting them to give you the tools that you need and you're having to go and find additional resources from other places to make sure that you're getting tooled up. And the final one is unrelated stressors that already existed. So, before sugar came on the scene, before your parenting partner came on the scene, or after your parenting partner came on the scene, there was already some stressful stuff that was going on. And having a sugar with a developmental disability or having a sugar in general is causing this increased stress. And that can be to the tune of family dynamics, financial situations, living situations. If you're living insecure, Personal health conditions. If you don't feel good all the time, having one extra thing that's going on all the time and it's not just a seasonal stressor, that's difficult, right? Work insecurity or new stressors that come along with having a sugar who has developmental disabilities, medical bills child's health, balancing time with the other siblings. They're used to mom being around, dropping off and picking up. But all of a sudden every week, you've got three or four additional hours of therapy that you have to get your sugar to, to make sure that you're keeping up with their stuff. That can be stressful. And I know that this is not an exhaustive end all be all list, but this is some common stressors that I've heard about over the years and I've read about over the years and I've experienced in clinic over the years and with world changers that I've talked to, they've shared their experiences with me. And that is the stuff that they share on. And so you may be asking like, well, you brought in a lot of stuff about developmental disabilities and, you know, I'm not sure. I'm a hundred percent sure if I agree that parent stress my parent stress has increased because my child has a developmental delay. Well, I will say that you're, you, you may or may not. It's a maybe thing, right? That's like saying, because I fell off of a bike, I'll never ride again. And everybody who fell off a bike said that they're never going to get back up on a bike and ride again. That's one of those things to where you can't overgeneralize. You really can't. There's so much research about parent stress, it's ridiculous as it relates to sugars who have developmental delays. Because honestly, other clinicians wanna know, is this a factor and how do we help support it? Is it directly because of the developmental delay or is it some other factor? Like what can it be? And so what research has found is that World changers just vary. They're on different sides of the pendulum. It just depends on where they fall. It depends on their situation. It has nothing to do with socioeconomic status or anything like that. But different people have different kinds of reactions that I guess determine whether or not they react a certain way or if their stress increases. So some world changers, they deny it and pretend like the developmental disability or the developmental delay, it's, it doesn't exist. It's not a thing. And if it's not there, then I'll have to deal with it. Others think that honestly it adds something special to the family and I've seen it do both. I've seen both. And finally others are neutral and they're just like, Hey, what do I have to do? Like, yes, this is stressful, but what do I need to do to get, you know, the ball rolling? How do I help? And so again, that stress that can happen within any of those areas It's just contingent on the person like you can't say that because your sugar has a diagnosis of autism. I don't expect you to have some increased load of stress. I do expect you to have increased responsibilities, a different parenting experience, at least initially because of therapies. Typically developing children typically don't go to to a bunch of therapies during the week. They don't have to worry about ABA or speech or occupational therapy or physical therapy or whatever else that they need. They don't have to worry about 504s. They don't have to worry about IEPs. That's just one thing that typically developing children or parents of typically developing kids don't have to worry about, but that doesn't mean that they don't have their own stressors and their own things that they have to deal with, like airplanes flying at their head. And I'm not saying that's synonymous. So don't send emails, y'all. Okay. But I'm just trying to make light of what can be a a heavy situation. So I say all that to say that it's not everybody's experience to have increased stress, but it really is a thing. So for me, what I think it really comes down to is based on your own personal attitude and perception. The outlook of your child, personal worries and fears, attitudes about the disability, challenging some of those belief systems, right? Learning more and really learning your sugar to see who they really are. And another one is really belief in your sugar's ability to learn and thrive. A willingness to also dig in and learn your sugar and that should happen with your sugar irregardless like it shouldn't be because they have a developmental delay that you're really trying to dig in there like no matter who your sugar is and who they come out to be like you should be trying to learn them they're interesting people they're fun the team supporting you on the journey that's another important one your team should be there supporting you to make sure that that stress isn't increasing but it's not also their job to make sure that you're not stressed out. Like you can feel however you feel, but you should also have a team who's supporting you to where things aren't more stressful. I hope that makes sense. Like the team should be helping you along to where things aren't more stressful, but it's not their job to like carry everything for you. It should really be a collaboration. And finally, your overall community, like who are the people that are around you? If you have super positive people around you who are cheering you on, then it's going to be a much different experience than that other world changer who has people around who may not be the most supportive, who may not be the most understanding, who may not have you know, the knowledge base to really understand what you're going through or the willingness to listen and learn. Because some people don't know, but they're willing to learn to do a little bit better. And that also goes into... Parenting, your parenting partner's willingness to learn with you and to go on this journey with you and to understand with you and to not kind of check out. And it can also depend on your sugar. You may have a great attitude about it. You may have a great attitude about your sugar having a developmental delay. You may be like, hey, what do I have to do? But there are some cases where sugar may be a little bit more temperamental. And not as willing to try as you are. And really, it has to do with the level of severity. And that's looking at how severe are things? How bad are things? How long is it taking to master things? What's their willingness to try with you, to do with you? And not throwing the whole entire book at them and expecting them to learn the whole thing. But are you guys taking intentional steps together? Is their temperament, a temperament that is inviting for you to come? How do you even thaw out that temperament? If they're running from you, if they're going under tables, if they're hiding from you, if they're hitting, if they're biting, if they're scratching, if they're like those behaviors, again, behaviors can really mess up a relationship, not just with adult to adult relationships, but children to adult relationships. And people take that stuff for granted. It just doesn't get talked about a lot that a sugar's behavior can definitely impact the way a world changer approaches that sugar or interacts with that sugar just because fear of what's going to happen, especially if it's always an unexciting event or it's so eventful that you're just like, I don't wanna experience that again, right? The level of demand. If you feel like the level of demand placed on you is just too much and you don't have that time to breathe, Or sugar's diagnosis requires your 24-hour care. Or sugar's diagnosis and their needs in general require so much of you and consume so much of you that you really can't break away because health is at stake. Because in some cases, life is at stake. These are real things that happen. Again, this is more on the extreme side. Or if the demand is a new demand and maybe it's not something as extreme, but all of a sudden you're having to get used to like working in goals you're suddenly having to do additional speech homework or occupational therapy homework or do things that you're just not used to, these things can definitely have an impact. And if sugar is demanding in that or not as willing to participate, it could be really hard. Finally, milestone mastery. Milestone mastery is key. If you've been working at it and chipping off at the old block and the stone won't fall, at some point you're going to want to stop chipping. At least you're going to want to stop chipping the same way that you were chipping, right? You're going to try to find something else. Do I need to use a hammer? Do I need to use a pick? Do I need to use a fork? What do I need to use to make progress, right? And so if sugar isn't necessarily making the progress that you expect them to make in a reasonable amount of time and what you consider reasonable or what your team considers reasonable, or they start the projections start looking much different than they did when they were 18 months versus 36 months, it can really get stressful because again, that worry starts coming in of like, what is the future going to look like? But again, we can plan appropriately to make sure that everything is set in place and we can keep chipping off the old block in different ways using different tools. How can I manage parent stress? This is the most important part of of the show. For me, it is the most important part of the show. I've had so much fun talking about this topic. And I know you're like, how do you have fun talking about parent stress? Because I like bringing to light the stuff that tends to stay in the dark. I don't want nobody on top of that flagpole losing it, right? And so I want you guys to be tooled up and feeling good about yourselves and being okay with, hey, I might be a little stressed out, but I'm going to be good at a certain point and I'm going to take these necessary steps To make sure that I'm good and I'm not going to bury it and I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't exist and I'm not going to explode and I'm not going to let it label me. This is a part of my life. This is a part of our family's life, but it's not entirely our life. And stress is one of those things that comes and it goes and it's all about me, my attitude and my disposition and how I handle this thing. So, again, how do I manage this thing? Identify specifically what's causing you stress. You can journal about it, you can talk about it, weed it out what is the thing that's causing you the stress it might not be the label it might be something as you really dig in there that it's so easy to just adjust or fix or put tools in the place to where you like hey this isn't even a thing anymore maybe it's changing a therapist maybe it's changing a routine maybe you don't like the way your morning routine goes whatever it is identify that thing that's causing that stress and if it's multiple things then start working on at least one acknowledge the things that you can and cannot change I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for the stuff that we can actually change. Like you can't change a baby waking up in the middle of the night wanting to eat, but you can ask your parenting partner to take some of the night shifts, right? You can't change sugar needing to go to their therapies, but you can ask somebody who's around you that you love and trust to support you take, take a day out of the month, take a week out of the month, get people on board. These are real practical things that you can do. You can acknowledge that these adjustments, they're pretty normal, right? There's going to be things about your life before sugar. And there's going to be things about your life after sugar. That's going to change. I don't care like who you are, Something should be changing about your life. And yes, the initial like, oh my God, this stuff is changing. It's stressful. Like, oh my gosh, are they going to keep crying? Oh my gosh, are they going to be doing this? Oh my gosh, I, that, that, right? But (laughs) seriously, things are going to change. And so like that natural stress of getting used to new routine, that is all it is, is new routine. Allow yourself to ebb and flow. Go with it. It's okay. It's okay. And balance out your old life with your new life. Don't feel like you have to do everything that you did pre sugar now. And don't feel like you have to escape everything that you did pre sugar now. Find that balance because you really don't want to lose yourself. You want to maintain a part of yourself that speaks to your gifts, that speaks to whatever makes you feel alive, that speaks to the best you that you are. Find safe community. I cannot. Overemphasize that enough. I don't know what part of the world you're on who's listening, but I do know here in the States, it has been quite interesting the way that the pandemic has played out state by state, region by region, even city by city in some cases. I mean, you're either living life like nothing's really going on and you're not missing out on community too much, or you're kind of polarized and isolated and. You know, there's a lot of demands on staying at home or you're somewhere in between that and you have access to be out in the community, but you haven't tapped into community that speaks to your situation. Find that community. Find other moms and dads in the same boats. Find other families. Don't be an island. Don't be a shell. Don't be by yourself. Don't don't be hidden away by yourself and you end up on that flagpole and we're all trying to get you down. Like, what's wrong? We could have helped you. Why didn't we know? Why didn't we know that this was going on? Why didn't we know that you felt this way? We've known you for 30 years and all of a sudden we're finding out that you're feeling this way because of why. If you have community around that you can trust and you know will listen, please tap into that. Seek resources. Seek resources. Church. Parent groups. Associations, whatever it is that you need to get you to decrease your stress. Tap into that. It may not even be your sugar's developmental delay that's causing the stress or the things that come along with that. It may be life factors that may be messing with you. It may be job insecurity that's messing with you, making you wonder how are we going to pay these medical bills? Sugar's a joy. These medical bills are a nightmare, right? And so I want you to really tap into that and find out. What's causing the stress, and how do I get myself up and take one little baby step towards feeling a little less stressed and a little bit better about myself and a little bit better about this situation? Because you know what, world changers? Today is the last time that you get to do today. You don't get to do today again tomorrow. You get to have a new day tomorrow and do new things tomorrow. So let's work at it, right? At the end of the day, life is going to throw something at us that's unexpected. But the only thing that we can really do is control our attitude. That's the only thing that we can control. And we can control the outcome or at least make steps to help support us through that to where we're not feeling just stressed out to the point of where we can't cope. And it's ludicrous to believe that just this aspect of our emotion should be ignored. Stress and experiencing stress is just as important as experiencing the best day of your life because life happens, experience happens. It makes us stronger. It makes us wiser, but we don't want to carry it on our backs to the point of where it becomes a hindrance to us, right? Don't be an island. I recommend you not to be an island. I also recommend that if you're in that place to where you're like, I am beyond myself to do anything that you mentioned to do please world changers seek professional help don't take it for granted seek an ear that will listen to you that you mesh well with that you can trust at least trust with that information that you want to share safe quiet community right find that for me world changers find it for me world changers you guys make life happy for me being in this space having these experiences with you guys sharing this stuff with you guys it it teaches me that I'm not an island either because I know week by week you guys are out there you guys are listening you guys are sharing the show you guys are sharing your thoughts and your ideas you guys are sharing through emails you guys are sharing however it is whatever method you guys are sharing I know that you're hearing me I know that you're listening I know you probably even have opinion and I love hearing that as well but I just want to make sure that we continue to stay tooled up and that we're staying mentally safe, that we're staying mentally healthy and physically healthy as well, but definitely working on that mental health to make sure that we're good for ourselves and we're good for our sugars, right? I don't want you to be, Sharina, I'm so stressed out, but I'm going to keep doing the same thing tomorrow. Please find help if you need it. And if it's within the realm of like speech language play development or homeschooling, well, I can help with that part. I can help you with that part the psychological stuff I can't help you with that part I'm cheerleading for you though but I can't help you with that part I can even get you off the pole but I can't do nothing beyond that like I'll, I might climb up there with a ladder or something pull you down get you on my back and you come down and we get you the help that you need but if it's anything that's speech and language and play and all that go to I've got this kid.com and find what we're offering right now there's a bunch of great coaching courses there's a bunch of great parenting courses there's some webinars on there where we have some offerings go ahead and sign up for those mailing lists also, join the interest list for my upcoming book. Watch me connecting to your child through play. This book is everything that you're gonna need to connect during play, monitoring early milestones, providing practical step-by-step tips like what do I do when Susie won't sit down for story time, or why won't Kyle play with me? I love the guy, but he's a toy hoarder. I'm, I'm tired of Kyle taking all the toys, and I've been wanting to say it, but he's two, and it's kind of inappropriate to talk to a two-year-old like that. But that's how I've been feeling or my playroom looks like Toys R Us and my sugar won't touch anything. They're just kind of rumming through there and tearing up the place. I'm going to answer all of those questions and much, much more. So, as soon as you're done here, click on the link below and join the movement of intentional parenting. That's what we do here. World Changers, join me next week where we will continue riding this train of parent stress, developmental delays, and finding outcomes, part two, whoop, whoop. We're going to get into language, the relationship between language and parent stress. Oh my gosh, you guys know I love talking about language. Oh, I get giddy. I shouldn't be giddy over language, but I'm telling you the inner geek comes out and that's my jam. So tune in for that world changers until the next time y'all take care.